1: Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website. You can join the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. Just go to speakingoftravel.net and sign up today. Hey, good news for those of you flying in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport. They're adding nonstop flights to Dallas next summer. This is really exciting news because we're going to be able to fly to Dallas, Fort Worth, and from there, if you're not staying there, you can fly anywhere else in the whole wide world. And speaking of the whole wide world, you can listen to Speaking of Travel anytime, anywhere in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, you know, we're at a turning point in the history of civilization. Anyone watching the news can understand why. Why? Now imagine what it would be like to actually go in and improve lives around the world, advance leadership skills, and help increase global stability. My guest today, Robertson Work, has spent decades working in poverty-stricken villages and developing countries, and he does not believe that all hope is lost. Rob is an international development practitioner who has worked in over 50 countries. He's currently the professor of innovative leadership at New York University Wagner Graduate School of Public Service, a U.N. consultant, an author, and an activist. You are a man after my own heart, Rob. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Marilyn. What a treat. Well, it's so great that we ran into each other and met each other so randomly, and you just spoke to my heart.
2: Yes. Well, I I loved your book and being there, and and suddenly at Barnes & Noble, there you were.
1: And there you were with your book you are sharing with me, A Compassionate Civilization. Give us some idea of how that came about, Robin. Give us some idea of who you are. Where are you from originally?
2: Yes, I was born in Houston, Texas. I grew up in Oklahoma. I'm in a small town. And so I like to say I'm a global local citizen because I'm very local. In fact, I believe everybody's local, of course, uh, around the world. That's what we all share. Being from somewhere, so I'm proud to be an, an Okie, and uh, I'm I'm very grateful that I've been able to work in over 50 countries and meet all kinds of people. Uh, people have inspired me wherever I've been and worked. So this book, you you ask about the, the book uh, in 2013. Well, actually, going back further, I began giving after I retired from the UN in six in uh, 2000. Uh, six I began speaking at u n conferences, and I decided I was going to have one message in every conference, and that was that we live in a time of crisis, but it 's also a time of opportunity and uh, we we our civilization is under threat, but we can invent a new civilization by what we do by what we believe what by what we do every day so I began writing a blog called a compassionate civilization in 2013 and then I continued that for three years and it felt like I was inspired every t- I was so excited writing the blog and I thought well now I want to share this blog with more than my readers on the blog so I, I think I'll publish it as a book so I I uh, printed out all the blog posts and organize them uh, into parts and chapters and sub-chapters. And I uh, have some speeches in it and some autobiographical material, some poetry, and I put it out there. I just said, I'm going to just put this out there.
1: So did you self-publish it?
2: Yes, I decided. I talked to B.K. uh, Barrett-Kirler for a year, an entire year, and we were getting close. And then they said, now, you know, a an author has to sell 10,000 copies with their own platform. And I said, I don't think I can promise that even though I have the NYU platform, the UN platform, my nonprofit platform, I can't promise I can sell 10,000. So I said, I'm going to just get this out there. So I, I worked with create space and I loved it. They're very professional. Um, I appreciated their editorial work, their design work. so, that's what happened.
1: Well, that worked out really nice, and I can't wait to read it. Thank you so much for gifting me a copy. I'm looking oh. forward to spending some time. But, Rob, when you were growing up, you were in the Midwest. Did your family travel? Were you a traveling family?
2: Not really. That's what's so interesting. We, You know, as I said, I well, initially when I was an infant, my dad was in the Army Air Corps Uh that was the end of World War Two, so you know we moved from Texas to Arkansas to Oklahoma, uh, where our family was, our my grandparents, and but beyond that we would just travel around Oklahoma or maybe to New Mexico. So we didn't. So it, I remember the first time I went to Chicago when I was an undergrad. We drove up uh, to attend a seminar. That was about the furthest I'd been uh, as, a, and then the. But the first time I went overseas, I have a story about that I want to share with you from the book.
1: Yeah, well, let's let's hear it.
2: Really? Yeah. Okay. Do you? Could I just read it? Because oh, you're going to
1: read a book, read uh, no, a chapter, just an excerpt. Yeah, read no, the a brief excerpt. excerpt. Let's hear it. I want to hear.
2: I think I, the way I wrote it, I captured some of the sights and sounds. I think people might be interested in
1: that. In would be terms lovely of, of
2: travel. So. I was um, working with a group called the Ecumenical Institute based in Chicago. By then, it had evolved into its secular form, the Institute of Cultural Affairs. This institute was all about helping people realize what was possible and creating a new world of justice, peace, and hope. A group of institute colleagues decided to take a trip around the world, not as tourists, but as people who wanted to know how we could open ourselves to the raw experience of the world, its beauty, its suffering, its reality, its diversity. We wanted passionately to be in intimate dialogue with it all. Our plan was ambitious around the world in 32 days, if you can believe it, by changing cultures every two or three days. Excuse me customs climate terrain food language we knew we would create a sensory psychological mythic and spiritual overload and that's what we wanted not to just to observe the world but also to be the world the world we wanted to serve as we touched down around the globe i was filled with awe by the planet's vast oceans jagged peaks sprawling cities Wildly diverse cultures And masses of beautiful people I experienced the powerful mystery of the Aztecs The sublime beauty Of a Shinto shrine The vitality of Hong Kong The sultry weather of Manila The serenity of the Emerald Buddha A live goat sacrifice In a Hindu temple in Nepal A visit with the Chini Lama In Kathmandu The site where Buddha had his enlightenment And gave his first sermon The devastating poverty of Calcutta the birthday celebration of Emperor Haile Selassie in Addis Ababa, the decaying grandeur of Greek and Roman civilization, the awesome beauty of the Vatican, the wonders of a medieval walled city in Dubrovnik, a coming-home experience in the British Isles, and the eternal day of Iceland. Our accommodations were simple, a church basement, a small hotel. Conditions were uncomfortable, even unbearable at times. My little hotel room in New Delhi felt like a blast furnace from the hot wind blowing through. Sometimes we were sick. I became dizzy and almost fainted when I saw that goat killed in Nepal. But we wanted to experience what other people experience.
1: That is so beautiful. I, I'm i loving this. And, Rob, I can tell you how inspired I am by... All the sights and smells and what that must have meant for you, being a young man, taking all of this in. And I want to find out more about how you took that all in and moved forward in the direction of your career, your Your activism I really appreciate you being on the show today You're listening to Speaking of Travel We're here with my guest Rob Work Thank you so much Stay tuned
3: With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way
1: out. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979.
3: Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away. Starting at Asheville Regional Airport, fly Allegiant, American, Delta, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip.
4: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words,
1: welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host. You're listening right here on News Radio 570, WWNC, 880, and 92.9, The Revolution. Be sure to sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. That's at speakingoftravel.net. And remember, if you're looking for a cozy bungalow or a great farmhouse here in Asheville or Western North Carolina, you need to check out Appalachian Realty over on R. Arlington Street, just right off of Charlotte Street in Asheville. You can go to visit. You can visit them there, or you can go to AppalachianRealty.com. They're a great group of people, and they can really help you find the house, the farm, the bungalow of your dreams. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. Well, I am really so honored today to have my guest rob work rob is you've done so much in your lifetime rob i am just amazed you've been in over fifty countries you're a an educator you're a speaker you're a you're just a a world changer and and i'm privileged i feel to have to have you on the show and to hear about your um just your your love of what you do. So thank you and welcome back to the show.
2: Well, thank you, Marilyn. I, I, you know, when you know what you've done, you feel. I feel I've done so little, but I, I thank you for saying that. That was kind of you.
1: Well, there's so much, and and we were listening before the break to your um, segment about. Was this the very first time you had traveled overseas?
2: Exactly, exactly. I had just. Uh, gotten married, my, and so my wife and I made this trip with a group of colleagues in 1969. So I was uh, what 25, and well, I was uh, it. You know, it changed my life, of course. And I, yeah, if if I could just read a, a, few, a couple more paragraphs, Please. from the from my book, a Compassionate Civilization. Uh, that your listeners might be interested in the refle- uh, how we reflected on this.
1: Absolutely. As I said,
2: we weren't tourists; we were trying to encounter and experience some of the mystery of this of this world. Please. Well, thank you. So at the end of the adventure, we stopped in Iceland, where all 25 of us shared our thoughts about everything we had encountered, trying to squeeze the meaning out of our experience. We had become global citizens, as it were. We had discovered that while cultures may be different, people are very much the same, Everyone wants enough food and shelter, they want to be happy, and they want their children to be happy. They have different symbols, they might eat with chopsticks or a fork, they might have a statue or an image or no image, but the human striving is first to survive and then go beyond survival to beauty and truth and union with the divine. After that trip I was never ever the same. I was in love with Mother Earth and with humanity at large. I had been touched by tragic suffering, sublime beauty, spiritual genius, and the ecstasy of being human on this magnificent planet. I had come home. Mother Earth had hugged me, and I had to respond. I had to give my life, my love, my action, to make a difference, to relieve suffering, to advance the human condition. Nothing else would be enough. As a child of Earth... A child of humanity, I knew it was my duty to serve my people and my planet. Before that time, I had never left my own nation. After this time, I would spend 35 years living in, working in, and visiting 55 countries around the world. For the next 20 years, with my wife and two young sons, I lived and worked in urban slums and poor rural villages in Malaysia, the Republic of Korea, the United States, jamaica and venezuela we were not well-paid consultants driving in to give advice to the poor in a korean village we lived in a rock and mud thatched roof house in jamaica our sons attended a one-room schoolhouse with 300 students in a mountain village i was passionately committed to changing human history to helping reinvent societies that worked for everyone
1: Rob, thank you so much for sharing with us that beautiful chapter of your life. It's we all should be so fortunate to be able to step out and and view other cultures and be a part of other worlds so that we can bring that back and share with others what we've learned. So when you came back from that trip and and made this your life work, uh, how did you go about moving to that next step? Did you um, apply for jobs that were specifically around travel? What? How did you get into that uh, next step?
2: Great question. Yes, it, I find life is such a mystery. You don't know how you're being led uh what opportunities will present themselves. So as I mentioned, I was with a, a nonprofit called the Ecumenical Institute, which then morphed into a secular organization called the Institute of Cultural Affairs, the ICA. So I was also in graduate school at the time. I was in uh, Chicago Theological Seminary. Well, the the director of the institute called from overseas and and uh, asked my wife and me, me if we would go to Malaysia, and I we said yes. So I d- dropped out of seminary, and off we flew to Malaysia. And there we uh, taught courses on the theological revolution of the twentieth century, the cultural revolution of the twentieth century. And uh, from Malaysia, then we went to Korea. That's where we had our two sons: one adopted, one natural. Uh, in fact, this Sunday, I'm going back to Korea with my adopted son. It's the first time we'll be back since he was four and I was 34. So that will be a real treat. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it, it just and then from Korea, uh, uh, we went back to the States, worked in a poor community in Oklahoma, where I had been from. I was a VISTA volunteer, a director of a VISTA project. And then from there to Jamaica. Uh, I won't go into details, but just and then from there to Venezuela, I learned Spanish and then back to the United States. And I, so I've been based in the States in New York uh, since then.
1: Well, it's such a beautiful um, uh, circular kind of life that you've been able to live, to uh, travel around the world, to be in these uh, very diverse um, Countries and cultures, uh, and including your own state of Oklahoma. Yes. You know, I tell people a lot: if you want to step out and try something new, you you dream of traveling, but maybe you don't have the the finances right now to take a big trip. Just go to Mississippi. Go to Oklahoma. <laughs>
2: yes, yeah.
1: you know we're we're looking at other cultures right within our own
2: Absolutely.
1: United States of America, and the problems. What you were saying earlier, too, um, the commonality of humanity that we all are looking for: uh, feeding our children, uh, good health, um, food on the table, a roof over our heads. It doesn't matter if you're in Oklahoma or if you're in Seoul, South Korea. Exactly. So you've seen all of that. You've witnessed all of that. And I look forward to hearing more. I I want to dig a little bit deeper into your philosophies and some of these lessons that you've learned that you've been able to speak on and and educate others. So this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. My guest today is Rob Work. He's been around the world and back a few times.
5: Hi, this is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. Have you ever traveled and then heard those dreaded words, that your flight is either delayed or canceled? Unfortunately, this does happen in air travel, and so you will need to rebook. One tip to keep in mind is instead of walking to the gate or the ticket counter and getting in line to wait your turn to go ahead and rebook that flight, why don't you pull out your cell phone and call the 800 number for your airline, and a representative will be right with you, and you possibly could be rebooked and on your way uh, very, very quickly. So this is a great tip. Use your cell phone. Avoid those lines.
1: Office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Blue Ridge Motorcycling Magazine is a quarterly guide to the best rides and most interesting riders. Available in newsstands and at BlueRidgeMotorcyclingMagazine.com.
4: Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words...
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570, WWNC, 880 and 92.9, The Revolution. Well, it's that time again. It's Doc Lawrence. He's talking to us about tailgating down south. Hey, Doc, how are you doing today?
6: Maryland, happy holidays to you and your guests and all your listeners. We're back in Atlanta, the ATL, and this is Doc's hometown. Do you realize that we started tailgating down south with speaking of travel four months ago? We've traveled to nine states, we've gone through thousands of miles, we've met thousands of good people and been to so many good places. And what a wonderful way! To begin winding down the year and this segment to be back in Atlanta where we started on Labor Day weekend. How about that? This is fun. This is fun with a capital F, U, and N. The holidays are upon us and Atlanta is rocking. Today we're going to take a few moments before the game and go over to CNN Center and see some of my old friends. It's just right around the corner for the Mercedes-Benz Stadium to begin with. And we're through with that. There's time to go by Ted Turner's flagship. Ted's Fontana grill, pick up a Bison burger, and don't tell anyone, probably a buddy Mary. And Ted lives upstairs with any luck. Maybe he'll come down and spend a few moments with the, your audience and with me and with you, Marilyn. You never know here. This is a day that is loaded with dining, wine, cocktails. And I'm even going to take a little time to hop on over to Lona Square, stop by Neiman Marcus, and why don't I buy a present, a holiday present, for all your listeners, Marion. It would be fun to do that, Marilyn. We'd have so much fun getting uh, little gifts to them. Send me your address, Lawrence at mindspring.com. And if it's in the mail, and I don't use Amazon, on a serious note, when we finish the game, we're going to go stepping out, black tie gala, with the incomparable jazz diva Teresa Hightower, my dear friend, with her band. We're going to eat gourmet food, and we are going to be putting on the ritz, baby. We're going to be having some fun. That's what it's all about here. But really, this is about commencing the holiday season for all of us, whether in North Carolina, Georgia, Florida, New York, California. This is a great country. This is a great time to celebrate who we are and who we really are. We love each other. We may not even know each other, but the love is there. And this season, we can make it the best one ever if we want to. I know I want to. I know Maryland wants to. I know all of the listeners want to. This is a fun day. It's a big day here in Atlanta. Again, my hometown. We've got a great game coming up this afternoon between Auburn and Georgia. But there's fun galore. There's no losers, only winners. Now that we've traveled all these miles together, just let me take a nostalgic, poignant moment and wish all of you the happiest holiday season ever. And this is Doc Lawrence for Speaking of Travel, saying I'll see you real soon somewhere in the South.
1: All right. Thanks, Doc. Have a good day. Thank you. Rob, welcome back. I'm so glad to have you here in the studio today. So, Rob, you've been all over to so many different countries. Is there a special place that is in your heart that you want to go back to over and over again?
2: Well, actually, yes, there there are several. But uh, as I mentioned, uh, this Sunday, I'm, I'm flying to Incheon, Korea, and my son will meet me there and then... I'll be speaking at a UN conference, and then he and I will get to visit old friends. And there's something about Korea, maybe because it's the place uh, my wife and I were of uh, the longest and where our two sons were born. And so we had so many friends there and colleagues. Uh, the culture uh, taught me so much about being human. Uh, I learned uh, so much about what I call corporateness. There's a sense, something in the Korean culture of being aware of other people and being uh, co- corporate or if and that may be a, st- a strange use of the word but I don't mean corporate meaning private sector but that sense of uh, being together solidarity may be another word for it very powerful in Korea and I learned uh, so much I think in the States maybe I'd been trained to be very much an individualist you know and, and then suddenly in, in living and working in Korea. I experienced this deep culture that was 5,000 years old that uh, has so much wisdom on honoring other people, listening to other people, honoring the elderly, honoring. uh, So I I think I I love the fact that I can keep going back to Korea. I was there in 2014, and before that, I've been back several times. Um, So, yes, South Korea would be certainly one of those places.
1: And, Rob, you talk about the change that we need to think about as a society, and it sounds like uh, the experiences and the cultures that you've visited and and how that has seeped into your heart and your soul um, have said about uh, ways that you look at um, society, uh, civilization, uh, purpose. And and how this kind of transformation can happen. And we're certainly in a time now, uh, this turning point, I feel, that we need to start really reflecting on some of these principles. Can you talk a little about that?
2: Yes, thank you. So as, uh, so, getting started more from the grassroots with the nonprofit, I saw the perspective of change from the local Looking up, but then I got to be with uh, a UN policy advisor for 16 years. After that, so I saw policy from the top down, you know, national policies, global policies, and then the last 10 years at NYU, the uh, education of the individual. So I, when I wrote this book, uh, the UN had been working on the Millennium Development Goals, uh, which I was helping with. which now uh, UN is working on the Sustainable Development Goals. So I decided there are 17 Sustainable Development Goals that we hope to achieve by 2030. But I decided 17 was hard for most people to remember, so I reduced it to six. So I say that for the transformation you mentioned, I think we've got to promote uh, uh, environmental sustainability, gender equality, socioeconomic justice, Participatory governance, cultural tolerance, and peace and nonviolence. For me, those are the six that we have to pay attention to and give our energy with uh, new policies, new programs, new projects, changing people's mindsets, their behavior, changing our cultures, and changing our institutions and systems.
1: And do you feel that that this is uh, realistic?
2: Oh, my. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, it's funny. I Here I am at 73. I'm still an idealist. or I, I like to call it I'm hopeful. I'm going to give my life, uh, continue to give my life to what I can do and what I can help other people do. And I'm not going to succumb to cynicism or despair or anger or fear. Uh, So, yeah, it's unrealistic, (laughs) but uh, that's, I guess, I find that if you really have a dream, a vision, uh, you... You might be able to create it. If you don't have a dream or a vision, you certainly aren't going to create it.
1: Well, I encourage all my listeners to keep dreaming and keep having a vision. And as I said in in my opening remarks as I was introducing you, you're a man after my own heart because we need more people like you to uh, sustain us, to help us, to uh, cheer us on and be optimistic and have hope and share with us uh, the experiences and the love that you have of other cultures. Robertson Work is here in the studio. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. Office on Arlington Street right near downtown Appalachian Realty helping people call Asheville Home since 1979
0: Latino buying power is huge and rising fast if you want to tap into this new market then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine this glossy Spanish language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish speaking residents in western North Carolina Ola Carolina magazine is about much more More than just speaking Spanish, it's about Latino culture. Visit Olacarolina.com and transform how you attract, engage, and connect with Latino customers.
3: With 50 flights every day to and from cities like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Chicago, you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection. Choose Allegiant, American, Delta, or United right here from Asheville Regional Airport. And when you fly home, you're home. Asheville Regional Airport, take the easy way out.
1: Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC, 880 and 92.9 The Revolution. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel Facebook page. You can follow us there on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter. That would be hashtag speak travel to me. That's the number two me. And be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, speakingoftravel.net and sign up for the Speaking of Travel Travel Club. You'll be getting all kinds of fun travel tips. The holidays are right around the corner. There'll be lots of good holiday travel tips and photos and opportunities to listen to podcasts that maybe you missed in the past that you can catch up on. And remember, the new Asheville Regional Airport parking deck is open. So next time you're flying in and out of the Asheville Regional Airport, you can just go right into their new parking deck and walk right in. You don't even have to go outside. How fancy is that right here in Asheville at the Asheville Regional Airport? Well, I am so honored here to have my guest Robertson work, Rob, here with us. Rob has been... You've just been doing so much in your in your career and in your lifetime. And you were talking to us earlier about um, these areas of transformation and this glimmer of hope that we have. Tell us a little bit more about how could we, as just individual citizens um, – maybe we don't step out as much into the world but we're passionate about making change happen what are some tips you could maybe give us for making some of these sustainable changes in our lives as we as we go through our day-to-day routines
2: thank you that that's why the uh, the subtitle of my book a compassionate civilization is the urgency of sustainable development and mindful activism so the you you Everyone, wherever one finds oneself, there are so many opportunities of serving others, caring for others, making change. Uh, of course, political change. I, I'm active here in Nashville in the, our local precinct. Uh, uh, also, I'm attending the uh, the Our Revolution meetings and the uh, other other meetings here in Nashville of, of uh, progressives. But whatever your interests are, whatever your... persuasion is. There's so many opportunities of giving your time uh, as a volunteer. Uh, Recently, I've uh, worked with my daughter-in-law and grandson who is here. In fact, that's one of the big reasons why my wife and I are here in Asheville, our two grandchildren. Also, the beauty of Asheville and the progressive nature of Asheville, but uh, certainly the grandchildren. So we were helping uh, prepare food for Thanksgiving a meal for the homeless, in my grandson's um, zindo, he, uh, Excuse me, his his martial arts group um, was preparing Thanksgiving food. So there's so many ways of being involved in your in your church or in your political organization, your your children's school, your grandchildren's school. So I, everything matters. Everything counts. Everything is either creating. A better world or a not better world, so I just I guess I feel that wherever we are in life, we can do a lot
1: and it really doesn't take that much inertia it's It's as simple as, like you said, uh, volunteering, making food, packing backpacks for uh, for people who are hungry with the food banks in your exactly. area. It seems endless. Uh, Sometimes it's just, I think, as nice as letting somebody go in line ahead of you at the grocery store who you know is feeling rushed.
2: Wonderful. I love that. Yeah, the the paying forward concept is so beautiful. And today on Facebook, I saw a friend put up something called... The kindness calendar for December and every day in December, there's something you can do to manifest kindness and such simple things, you know, as you said, letting somebody go in front of you or complimenting someone or affirming someone or helping. So there it's, it's endless. There's so much we can do.
1: And it, it, as you said, you know, there's, there's so much um, momentum in that it, it stirs up the vibration if you will you know it in a world that we're living in right now where there's so much noise and there's so much uh, you know not not niceness I, I don't know how else to say it where mm-hmm. people are um coming at each other with with jabs and and hurtful hurtfulness to turn that around so simply in your life by just saying wow, your smile is so sweet, or, you know, I love your shoes. Sometimes I, I do that when I'm standing some, you know, in line at a movie theater. I'll just look down and say, I love your shoes. <laughs> and before I know it, I'm in a dialogue with this person who I never would have met ever. It just seems like that's going to uh, make the world a closer and better place.
2: Absolutely. In fact, that's, I think, what happened when I met you at Barnes & Noble. You were selling your beautiful book, uh, but it was just who you were and your love of Asheville, that Asheville is a special place. That's why we're here. That's why everybody's coming to Asheville. But, uh, you know, I sensed uh, something, that energy in you, that you believe in Asheville. You believe in people. You believe that we can make a difference. And that's why I reached out and said, "Well, maybe I could uh, talk to you on on your show."
1: Well, it worked out. It worked out lovely. And I want to make sure that my listeners know how they can uh, pick up a copy of a compassionate civilization. I think it's um, like my book, "The Rise of Asheville: An Exceptional History of Community Building." A compassionate civil civilization goes in the same. Uh, it can help you start thinking of bringing people together. So how would somebody go about uh, getting that book, Rob?
2: Well, thank you. So here in Asheville, it's at Malaprops downtown. It's at Barnes & Noble at the Asheville Mall. You can uh, get a copy, uh, just walk in, in there. Or, of course, you can go to Amazon. Uh, just google just put in a, a compassionate civilization in amazon it'll pop up so those are three ways and then any local bookstore can order it so it's it's easy to get and i i'm promoting the book because i really believe in the message you know it's not you don't make any money selling books uh, but i i want to get the word out uh, this this message about uh, the crisis we're facing uh what we need, a vision of a hope for a future, and what we can do uh, individually, in groups, in communities, as as a nation, and then how we can take care of ourselves. I end the book with a quarter of the book given to how do we care for ourselves and others as we build a compassionate civilization. So, you know, how can we uh, be happy, be be grateful, be uh, understanding and compassionate, and So, yes, those are a few ways.
1: Those are are wonderful ways. And I think that um, as we move forward, like you said, every day just being able to pay attention, be be a little bit more aware. And I love this idea of having this kindness calendar. It seems so simple. Um, You know, so many people get – uh, at the uh, beginning of December, an Advent calendar to count down the days to the holiday season. Uh, what a great idea to instead use each day as a way to um, bring along kindness, to pass along niceness to other people. Just imagine, and I'm sure you do, what that would look like if everybody did that.
2: Precisely. It, yeah. So if What we, we each do what we can do, then maybe we can eventually, uh, gradually change the cultural assumptions, the common sense of how we... But to be honest, wherever I go in the world, I find people are basically kind. And that's why we're so shocked when there's unkindness. You know, we're shocked when there's cruelty or harm, because basically human beings are em- empathic and compassionate. This is my... Experience around the world,
1: well, Rob, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing that with us. I feel that uh, your experience, your background, your passion uh, and compassion uh, will will help, especially at this season of giving. This is giving so Thank you for being here. Uh, Be sure to grab a copy of Rob's book, A Compassionate Civilization. You can find it at uh, bookstores here in Asheville and online, did you say, at Amazon? Exactly. Great. Well, Rob, keep up the good work. Have a wonderful trip to Korea. And stay in touch. Our guest today has been Robertson Work. Again, thank you. I want you to go out this week. Be mindful. Be a mindful activist. And remember, as you step out into the day, don't postpone joy.